the peach fuzz beginnings of a moustache and beard, and the billow of what will one day be a majestic double chin that puffs and vibrates when, as a 200-pound adult, he gulp-warble croons his operatic long call. There's no sign yet of the giant cheek pads between the eyes and ears that will frame his face, acting as a megaphone to shoot his long calls half a mile through dense canopies. His companion, Matt Berridge, is a tall, slender, forty-something, dark-haired man holding the iPad near the bars so that Boody can play with it, but not drag it off and deconstruct it. The zoo's main orangutan keeper, Matt, is the father of two young sons, both iPad devotees. Ape boys will be ape boys, after all. The Apps for Apes program is sponsored by Orangutan Outreach, an international effort to help wild orangutans whose bands are dwindling and improve the lives of those in captivity around the world by providing mental enrichment and more stimulating habitats. Nourishing the mind is a high priority because these great apes are about as smart as human three- to four-year-olds and just as inquisitive. Clever tool users, they wield sticks for many purposes, from batting down fruit to fishing for ants and termites. They fashion leaf gloves to protect their hands while eating thorny fruit or climbing over prickly vines. Day-dwellers, they fold a fresh mattress of leaves in the canopy before sunset each day. They lift leaf parasols overhead to shelter from extreme sun and fold leaf hats and roofs to keep off the rain. For drinking water, in a pinch, they chew and wad up leaves to make a sponge then dip it into rain-filled plants. Before crossing a stream, they'll measure the water depth with a branch. They build dynamic mental maps of all the food trees in their leaf-cloud canopies. And like their human counterparts, orangs enjoy playing with iPads. But they're not addicted to them. They're just not as enthralled by technology as we are. Like I have a seven-year-old son, Matt tells me, He's on it all the time, not booty. This kid likes the luminous screen, but he wouldn't sit for cramped hours just staring at it. How are we so enamored of this thing that's so unnatural and takes you away from everything? Matt asks. In one way, you'd like to have your own kids occupied at times, but when you see that the orangs are never going to get obsessed with it, knowing their huge intelligence, it gets me thinking. How smart are we to spend all this time staring at this thing? Like even myself, you know, I don't test my memory anymore. I go dee-deedly-dee-dee. Dee. He demotypes on the screen. I've become almost totally dependent on these machines. So am I weakening my brain? Strawberry, a woman's voice says as Booty taps the strawberry on the screen. Strawberry? she repeats when he finds a match. Matt rewards him with tidbits of fresh strawberries, apples, and pears. The lush tropical rainforests of Sumatra offer a cornucopia of hundreds of exotic fruits, the orangutan's favorite fare. Another app of pooling water fascinates Booty. It looks like water, ripples like water, and when he touches it, it plashes and burbles, but it doesn't feel wet and when he lifts his fingers to his nose, he doesn't smell water. From his sensory perspective, it's strange.
Not as strange, though, as interacting with humans and other orangutans via Skype. The first time Booty saw Richard Zimmerman, the director of orangutan outreach, calling to him in a halo of light, he touched the screen as if thinking, he's talking to me. Then, puzzled, he reached over and touched Matt's face. On the screen, a talking human, who knew him by name, was looking right at him and smiling, calling to him in a friendly voice. Why was Richard's face flat and Matt's face three-dimensional? He'd watched television lots of times, his favorite being nature films with orangutans. Matt sometimes showed him YouTube videos of adult male orangutans issuing their grown-up long calls, which always drew a fascinated stare. Yet the screen had never spoken to him.